Hello everybody and welcome to 38 Weeks to Go, your weekly podcast about fantasy football. My name is Nash and I am your host. Let's take a look at Game Week 24. How was Game Week 24 for you? Well, for me, hmm, I could have chosen a better captain. I stuck with Richarlison for the third week in a row. The first two weeks were great and my logic was he hasn't let me down yet. So let me just trust him. Even if I know Brighton is going to be a tough game, let me just give him the benefit of the doubt. I had made two transfers because I was looking forward to the double game week next week. I wanted to have the opportunity to make two more transfers so that I could be properly exposed to the double game week players this coming game week. So I brought in Virgil van Dijk and Edison Moraes. Edison gave me probably his first clean sheet this season since he's been in my team. And van Dijk, well, they considered so that went. Apart from choosing a poor captain, I had Gabriel on the bench who had 12 points and that was painful. Arsenal were the real kingmakers this game week. So much so that the top player had three Arsenal players in his team. Saliba 12, Saka 15, Rice 17. That's a haul. Arsenal 6, West Ham 0 was the biggest surprise of the weekend and it's not even close. Arsenal lost their previous encounter with West Ham and so this time around they were not going to leave anything to chance. 6-0. I know the first thing you think when you see 6-0 you're like, did the other team have a red card? Nope. They were just simply hammered. Get it? Pun intended? West Ham? Hammers? Okay, I'll just move on. For those of you who still have Ariola. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Rice had the goal of the game and he showed respect for his former club by not celebrating it. But it was a really good goal. It was the save the best for last type of goal. Saka had two goals. Gabriel and Saliba both had headers. Trossard had a nice goal as well. Odegaard had two assists. Rice had two assists. And Ben White came on to give an assist. Rice had the three bonus points. Saka had two. And Odegaard had one. The second most surprising result. So Luton won, Sheffield United three. Now, it's not a surprise that a championship side beat another championship side. Luton had been in good form up to this point and had been very impressive. So most people were assuming that they would take this game easily. But Mr. Wilder had other plans. Archer, Makati and Vinicius Souza had something to say about that. Morris had the goal off an assist from Adebayo. With the January signings, Sheffield are looking like they will be a little bit more potent. Vinicius Souza had three bonus points. Bell from Luton had two. And Archer, who terrorized Luton with his pace, had one. Man City two, Everton zero. Haaland is back. He scored both of the goals. He was immense. And now he will be my captain for the rest of the season. The thing about this game is that Pep Roulette has begun. In the previous podcast, we discussed how, because of Champions League and the upcoming fixtures, it would be hard to know who would play. I even joked that Foden would be subbed. Well, KDB didn't start this game, nor did Kyle Walker or Vadiol. I'll be honest, the only reason I brought in Edison is because I really had no idea who would play. I just knew Haaland would play. And I just believed Alvarez would play. Although I benched Alvarez, I just believed that he would play. With the congestion of fixtures coming up for the top clubs that are still in Europe, 
and still in the cup. You need to be wary of how managers may tend to balance their teams going forward. And as we have all been taught by Pep, no one is safe, well, unless you're Edison or Haaland. So keep that in mind. KDB came on and got the assist. Ake also had an assist. Haaland got the three bonus points. Ake had two. Edison and Stones had one. Aston Villa won. Manchester United two. I guess at this point it's safe to say that Aston Villa's home form is done. It's not the impregnable fortress that it once was. They are beatable and it seems like they will struggle against high reputation teams. They lost to Manchester United, they lost to Chelsea, and they lost to Newcastle. Those are their last three losses. I was banking on Ganacho to do something, but he did not. Instead, it was Hoyland who scores for his fifth game in a row, and McTominay. That boy is a super sub. He just comes on and scores. Dalo and Maguire had the assists. Douglas Luiz had the goal for Aston Villa, off a Leon Bailey assist. Douglas Luiz had the bonus points. Dalo had two, and Maguire had two. The top performing fantasy players this weekend were Rice with 17 points, Saka, Gallagher, Bruno Guimaraes with 15 points, and then Haaland, Vinicius, and Muniz with 13 points. There were three clean sheets this week. The top goalkeeper for the second week in a row was Flecken from Brentford. Tied with him at seven was Edison. Raya from Arsenal had six. When it comes to defenders, the top three defenders had 12. Saliba, Gabriel, and Reguillon. And this is how I'm knowing that Reguillon moved to Brentford from Spurs. In fourth place was Ake. Fifth, White. Senesi and Collins had eight. Senesi from Bournemouth and Collins from Brentford. When it comes to midfielders, Rice had 17, Saka, Gallagher, Bruno Guimaraes had 15, Vinicius Souza had 13, unknown from Tottenham, and De Cordova-Reed had 12. Odegaard, Douglas Louise, Fabien Gross, Palmer, and Javi Elliott had 10. When it comes to forwards, Muniz and Haaland had 13, Archer had 7, and then Tony, Darwin Nunez, Hoyland had 6. The average points of the week was 62. So if you got 62 and above, well done. In our 38 weeks to go league table, only 15 of 24 managed to get above average. So that means we really struggled. Or rather, nearly half of us struggled this week. At the top of the table, we've had another lead change. Don't bottle it this year has taken the reins back. He got 78 points and that took him to the top. He is tied by Vic City managed by Vic Nyadi. He got 70 points and that gave him 1446 as well. One point behind them is Leon Mortier, who got 62 points and he has 1445. Why are you running? Goodness gracious me got 62 points and he has 1439. So he's just six points behind them, or rather seven. The race at the top is really quite something. Adan in number five is just about 60 points be below them. But below him is Eli, who is three points behind him at 1383. Eli had 88 points. Eli is our highest points honor this week. And if you've been paying attention, he was the most improved player in January. 
So maybe this is a last push. Well done, Ellie. At the bottom of the table, we've had a change. Jeremiah Berry has risen up. He got 66 points. And as you all know, if you listen to this podcast, his fortunes are tied to Haaland for better or for worse. Unfortunately for Melvin, who is now the last person in the table, his fortunes are tied to Fernandez as captain. That is a tough one. Bruno Fernandez, that man hasn't been good since Solskjaer left. Just above those two is Gibril. He had 81 points. That's an amazing haul. Eli got the most points in our group with 88. Then it was followed by 83, which was Marina Kamal, who is now at number 10. He has displaced Tommy Oladipo. Following him is Jibril with 81 points, Tune, our current leader, at 78, and then Dennis Gidaiga with 76. The highest points this game week was 131 globally, and he had a bunch of Arsenal players and used bench boost. Bench boost results were meh, but it did the job. So, random facts. Cole Palmer has scored or assisted 16 goals in the Premier League this season. That is far more than any other Chelsea player this season. Hoyland has now scored 5 goals in his last 5 games. McTominay has come on as a sub in his last 3 appearances and scored in all of them. He is Manchester United's top scorer. Saka has scored 5 goals in his last 5 matches. He has recovered his form. Everton have now not won a game in their last 7 matches. I'm sure no one is happier than them that Luton lost. Since KDB returned, he has played only 273 minutes. He has scored one goal and has given five assists. Tottenham are the only team to both win 15 plus points from losing positions and lose 15 plus points from winning positions this season. Spurs this season have given away the most penalties, six. Newcastle have won Two consecutive away games for the first time this season. Trippier now has 10 assists this season. He's the current assist leader in the entire Premier League. Morris from Luton has scored or assisted six goals in his last six games. Doty has created nine chances in the last game versus Sheffield. That is the most anyone has created in a single match this season. Diego Jota has scored or assisted nine goals in his last 10 games in all competitions for Liverpool. William has six goals and assists this season. No Fulham player has more. As we look forward to game week 25, how are you feeling? It's a double game week. We have Brentford playing twice, as well as Liverpool, Manchester City, and Luton. I know some people brought in a lot of Luton players in anticipation of an easy haul against Sheffield and then hoping to gain something over the week. My approach has been to lean on Manchester City and Liverpool players. To that end, I have three Manchester City players and two Liverpool players. I honestly would have brought on one more Liverpool player, but I fear that that game week next week is going to be tough. And by that I mean it's going to be blank. Liverpool and Spurs will not be playing in game week 26. And my team is heavily reliant on those teams, so I can't expose myself further to that damage. How about you guys? Is your team in that kind of a situation? Out of the teams having a double game week, Brentford have it toughest. They start off with Liverpool and finish off with Manchester City. 
They did keep a clean sheet in the last game against Wolves. Tony and Nogard got the goals with assists from Reguilon and Janelt. I'm sure even the wisest gambler is not banking on Brentford to keep two clean sheets, especially against Liverpool and Manchester City. So if a clean sheet is out of the question, what about goals? If you're looking for a goal from Brentford, you just really have to look at two players. It's either Mope or Tony. That's it. As we've just witnessed with Manchester City, Pep Roulette is back. How do you want to handle it? How will you gamble? Well, KDB and De Bruyne have just scored for Manchester City and Grealish has gotten injured. Doku has come on, so that means that Haaland may not score. <laughs> but in seriousness, when thinking about Manchester City, at this point, you're probably relying on Haaland to play. Alvarez, Foden, Edison. Those ones are the most likely to be featuring in both games. And the only logic I'm using is that these are the youngest players. KDB is old and so they're going to use him sparingly. That's the same logic I'm using for Silva. They will feature in both games. They will play both games. But I'm not convinced that they will start both games. I am waiting for the outcome of this game against Copenhagen to see who is left standing before I make any final decisions. Manchester City will be playing Chelsea and Brentford this week. For Man City, those are both winnable games. I could see them hammering both. This past week, we had nine people captain Haaland, five people, sorry, six people captain KDB, two for Solanke, one Richarlison, one Diego Jota, one Saka, one Watkins, Alvarez, Palmer, and Fernandes. I am sure that the double captain will come from Liverpool or from Manchester City. And if it's from Manchester City, since Haaland has now scored, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the captain for most of us this week. Manchester City will have Bournemouth, Manchester United, Liverpool, Brighton and Arsenal in the league after that. So it's not going to be an easy run of games for them. Liverpool beat Burnley and it was an easy game for them with Darwin Nunez, Diogo Jota, and Luis Diaz getting on the score sheet. Javier had two assists, and Trent had one. Trent picked up an injury, and it's not clear whether he'll be back. So if you're looking for a budget entry, it may be time to look back at Bradley, but also monitor this before making a decision. Liverpool play Brentford, and then Luton. The real problem with Liverpool now is that Salah has been spotted in training. He's back to training. And that means that he could play one or both of those games in some capacity. So it may be important to really monitor Liverpool. Because of course, if Salah is back, he will be the biggest differential this weekend. To be safe, I'll go with Jota. I know the other options are Luis Diaz and Nunez. And possibly Trent if he's available. Luton gave... Liverpool a run for their money the last time they met. It took Luis Diaz to score in the 90 plus 5 minutes or something wild like that for them to salvage anything out of that game. So it's by no means a walkover, but Liverpool are still favourites. And they have figured a lot of things out since that last encounter. I favour Liverpool in both matches and I favour Manchester City in both matches. Luton have lost to Sheffield and will now be playing Manchester United 
and Liverpool for the double game week. Because of Manchester United's questionable form, I ranked Brentford's games to be more difficult than Luton's. If you move into Brentford and Luton, I would suggest that you move into the midfield and forward players. So if you're going into Luton, look into Barkley, maybe Morris Adebayo, Tony Janelt, Norgard for Brentford. Arsenal will be playing Burnley. After defeating West Ham 6-0, this is a perfect landing spot. It's the kind of game where you wonder, will they be overconfident or will they just build onto something now? Arsenal fixtures look kind right now. After this Burnley game, they have the Champions League, then they go to Newcastle, who are not good away from home, even though they just won two in a row. Then they have Sheffield, Brentford, Chelsea. Now, the teams they'll be playing against are not in great shape. And so, I wouldn't blame you all if you decided to stick to your guns and stay with your Arsenal players, because there's a chance that they would perform as well as a double game week. And of course, Saka is the main man right now. You have Odegaard, you have Rice, you have Saliba, Gabriel, you're spoiled for choice. For Burnley, goodness, I wouldn't recommend getting into this game, so I'm not even going to recommend players. But, of course, if you have to, I would say Amdouni, Fofana, Odebert, that's it. Burnley have Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, West Ham, Brentford, and then Chelsea. Up until that Chelsea game, they'll be playing teams that are not in great form, so there might be something to be looking forward to in Burnley in terms of differentials if you're a gambler. Fulham versus Aston Villa. Aston Villa have now lost two in a row, but now they face Fulham. Fulham do not have a good record against Aston Villa. Having said that, Fulham did not have a good record against Bournemouth, but somehow they overcame it. There is a good differential in Fulham right now, and his name is Munoz. So if you're a bit of a gambler, that is the man to go for. After him, you have William, who is their top performer this season. And then after that, you have Dico Doverid, Pereira, and João Paulinho. For Aston Villa, you already know who it is. Mr. Man, Ollie Watkins, Leon Bailey, Douglas Luiz, Diaby. They haven't been so solid at the back over the last few games, and I hesitate to recommend a defender. These games looked winnable when I looked at their five matches coming up, but something has changed in them. I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure if it's an injury, but there's something that is affecting their style of play. I expect Aston Villa to bounce back from their defeat and win away from home, just like they did after they were beaten by Newcastle. They won away, and they will do it again. Aston Villa's next few games are winnable. You have Nottingham Forest, you have Luton, you have Spurs, you have West Ham, and you have Wolves. Out of those five games, maybe the Spurs game will be the toughest one. But these are games that they should be thinking of winning, or at least doing their best to win them. After the Villa game, Fulham have Manu, Brighton, Wolves, Spurs. Those are tough games, so I really wouldn't be looking to move into Fulham. Aston Villa is the better team to bank on in terms of fixtures coming up. Newcastle versus Bournemouth. Bournemouth won their last game against Newcastle at home, 2-1. Drew 1-1 before, drew 1-1 again, and then lost. Bournemouth have not won a Premier League game this year. Their form has dipped over the last month, 
And that should leave Newcastle as favourites for this matchup. Newcastle this year have only lost to Liverpool and Manchester City. And there's no shame in losing to those two teams. They've won all the rest of their games. They are beginning to find some consistency and some form. And I believe that should carry them through this game. Bruno Gimaraes had a great game last time out. Trippier was also good. Shah was also good. It might be time to start looking into defenders. However, they do not keep a clean sheet. So if you're looking into a Newcastle defender, it just has to be Trippier or Shah. And then after that, you're gambling with Gimaraes and Gordon. That's about it. After this, Newcastle have a real test with Arsenal and then Wolves, Chelsea, Crystal Palace. So they're in for an interesting run of games. For Bournemouth, you have Solanke, Senesi, Clivert, Semenyo. That's really it. After the Newcastle game, Bournemouth have Manchester City. And then after that, their schedule eases. And they have a combination of Burnley, Sheffield and Luton before facing Wolves. So that'll be a good way for them to recover their form. So after the Man City game, I'd be looking to move back into Bournemouth. Nottingham Forest versus West Ham. Two teams whose form has dipped. This game will be really important for whoever wins it because they both need this victory. For West Ham, their defense has been suspect of late, so I wouldn't even look at them. For all of you who hold Ariola, I think it might be time to move on. You're even better of looking into Kaminsky from Luton. At least he's playing twice. So from West Ham, I would say Kudos, Bowen, Prowse. For Nottingham Forest, Callum Hudson-Odoi, Awoniyi, Elanga, Morgan Gibbs-White. Whichever one fits your budget, that's the one to go with. West Ham haven't won a game since December, so they'll be looking to win for the first time this year. Forest also haven't won in this calendar year. So both teams will be looking for a victory and their first Premier League win of 2024, which probably means this will be a draw. And if Forest don't win this game, they have Villa, Man United, Liverpool, Brighton next. That is a tough run of fixtures. So I would not be encouraging anyone to look into Forest. As for West Ham, if they somehow don't win at Forest, they have a chance at Brentford, Everton, Burnley, before they take on Aston Villa and Newcastle. So it'll be a sort of ramp up of games and of difficulty. Spurs versus Wolves. Wolves have won three out of their most recent five games with Spurs. That does make them favourites for this encounter. But Spurs have Son back and he came on and he was impactful in helping them defeat Brighton. Wolves were beaten by Brentford. Richarlison, Son are the strongest chances for Spurs right now. For Wolves, Cunha got injured. So now you have the Korean guy who will be back, Neto, Belgard. It's crazy that these three don't really play together. But with the Korean guy back, at least he'll give Neto help. This is also the kind of game where I can see the wing backs causing trouble for Wolves. After Wolves, Spurs have Crystal Palace, Aston Villa, Fulham, Luton, and West Ham. Those are all winnable games for Tottenham right now. As for Wolves, they have Sheffield, Newcastle, Fulham, Bournemouth, and then Aston Villa. So 
tricky matches. I think Spurs are close to full form and full team, full availability. I believe they will be favourites for this encounter. Man City play Chelsea and I've already spoken about the Manchester City players. As for Chelsea, I would recommend Palmer and that's it. After the Man City game, Chelsea have cup games so they'll be not playing the week after that but when they do come back they'll have Brentford, Newcastle, Arsenal, Burnley and Manu. Sheffield will be taking on Brighton. Brighton are the favourites for this encounter. Pretty much everybody tends to be the favourite against Sheffield. Well, except Luton. <laughs> Adingra will be back from his exploits where he helped Ivory Coast lift the Africa Cup. His presence will be much needed. He has been a really good player for Brighton this season. Gross was amazing in their last game and therefore I really still have to back him. Welbeck, Adingra if he plays. Of course, I can't bank on Brighton's defence, but if I had to, I'd say to Pinyan, but also don't go into Brighton's defence. For Sheffield, Archer will cause trouble with his runs, Makati, Breton Diaz, and the boy from Tottenham, Vinicius. Brighton have really struggled to keep clean sheets this season, and I believe that will continue. So I believe for Brighton to win, they have to score two or more goals. Luton versus Manchester United. From Manchester United, you have Hoyland kicking on all cylinders. You have Ganacho who's in and out. You have Rashford who was kind of looking like he's going to be something. Manchester United have figured out something that's working for them right now. And Hoyland is the best bet on this team. I believe Luton will score because they just seem to be tough to keep out. I've been saying this about them the whole season. They can score against anybody. Winning is a different story. I have already gone over them early on so I won't repeat what I had said. Everton versus Crystal Palace. This is going to be a Crystal Palace loss. I believe Everton are going to keep a clean sheet. And for me, the formula is simple. Eze and Olise are injured. That's all. It's not complicated. Crystal Palace really struggle to attack, to mount an attack, to create anything without these guys. Unless Edward and Mateta come up big with Ayu helping them, I don't see anything. But even with those guys, I still don't see it. Everton, however, have also been in bad form. They haven't won in seven games. So it really is a game of two bad teams. It'll be a tough one to watch. From Everton, I'm picking my defender, Mikolenko, and maybe Harrison. From Crystal Palace, if I had to choose, it would have to be Mateta. And then the double game with games will come after that on the Tuesday and the Wednesday. On Tuesday, you'll have Manchester City playing Brentford and Liverpool playing Luton on the Wednesday. We already touched on those games at the beginning of this section, so I won't go over them again. The real question is now, who will your captain choice be? Will it be Haaland, Diego Jota, KDB, Alvarez? This is a kind of game week where people will begin to use their chips. I'm expecting to see a bench boost and maybe a triple captain. And so this is a kind of game week that will really change somebody's trajectory if they hit on their players. So... Wait for midweek fixtures to get done, and then make your teams. We only have 12 weeks to go. Happy planning, everybody. See you on the pitch. Bye.